All right, welcome to another History of California podcast. Today is part two of the podcast on Juan Rodriguez Cabrillo. Let's get started. Enough prologue, let's get into the meat of the story. We left Cabrillo in Santiago, Guatemala, where he'd become a wealthy conquistador, controlling a large encomienda and became a prolific shipbuilder and a merchant. Now, two major events preceded the departure are worth mentioning here at the jump. First, Alvarado, the conquistador Cabrillo had fought with, built ships, uh, built ships for and who helped him become wealthy, died, leaving the ships that Cabrillo would eventually use to discover California in limbo because of Spain's complicated estate rules. Cabrillo would make a deal with the viceroy um, of this area to acquire the ships and sidestep the debt because you acquired the debt um, from the estate in addition to uh, the benefits from the estate. And so he was able to avoid some of that debt and acquire the ships, which would then become useful in his future voyages. Second, a massive earthquake destroyed large portions of Santiago. We can speculate that the combination of the destruction of the world that afforded Cabrillo his massive wealth, in conjunction with the acquisition of the ships, led him to pursue a new venture in a new place. Now, the first thing we need to ask is what precipitated Cabrillo's journey. Three years before Cabrillo set sail, Hernán Cortés financed the exploration of the Pacific coast. Uola would ultimately travel along the western edge um, and down the eastern edge of Baja, California, turning around at Isla Cedros. Ula, uh, though, was not the first explorer to discover Baja. Uh, Forchon Jimenez, a conquistador and explorer, had discovered a part of the present-day La Paz towards the base of the peninsula. And I'm just going to say at the jump here, um, we have uh, a lot of Spanish words that I'm going to be attempting to say today, but probably with little to no success. Uh, These early explorations led to the mythology of the island of California, uh, which was based on the belief that the peninsula was in fact an island. So the Spaniards actually believed that the peninsula of Baja California is was actually an island. The island of California was actually, this idea, this concept, was a fictional land from a romance novel uh, from 1510 that referred to a place kind of like the Garden of Eden. Uh, so subsequently, maps would continue to contain Baja as an island, Now, Cabrillo uh, did set sail with some semblance of a map. The map was kind of a consolidation of the information brought back from previous journeys along the Pacific coast. Uh, The map was ultimately made by a man named Domingo del Costillo. The map was surprisingly accurate in his portrait of the coast of the Baja California, minus the fact that Baja was still viewed as an island. Now, the objective as they set sail was the same as every expedition order by Spain, to discover the coast of New Spain. They sailed for 40 leagues on the first day. A league, for those who don't know, and I honestly didn't, uh, is about three and a half miles in Spanish terms. But the original term meant the distance that a person could travel in one hour. Each country had its own conception of a league, um, and so really, a league is a flexible term. So 40 leagues got them to about where Puerto Vallarta is today, Um, and some poor winds ultimately kept them from crossing the Gulf across to Baja for a few days. But we know that on July 3rd, they put down anchor 
on the point of the peninsula. They referred to the land that they saw as California. Now, it's still unclear if the men believed that they were harbored on an island. How they navigated and the distance traveled were poor sciences at this point. They just used logs to measure distance or just took educated guesses. And so there wasn't a lot of accuracy in terms of where they were traveling and how uh, if they had a sense of direction. Uh, compasses also were apparently suspect as, all, as well during this time and uh, weren't very accurate. Now, after initially laying anchor on the peninsula, after just a few days of travel, they turned their ships north along the coast of Baja, California, and began to sail towards present-day California. Now, just for clarifying purposes here, the Spanish referred to Baja as Lower California, um, which is what Baja means, um, and present-day California as Upper California, or California Alta. As they travel along the coast, uh, they stopped periodically to look for native peoples, to fish, to hunt, to look for water, and just to explore. They made periodic stops at certain places for a few days. For example, uh, they dropped anchor at an island uh, called Cedros for a few days, um, exploring, fishing, and looking for natives. According to uh, some sources, they did see a group of four natives, but they ran away and they were unable to find them after some searching. Uh, so initially, um, many groups of natives were afraid. Now, we could spend here uh, talking a lot about the journey along Baja. There are many expeditions to explore the bays, lagoons, and islands along here, but since this is a podcast about California the state, uh, we're going to keep our descriptions of other places like Baja brief here. Uh, the explorer finally reached Upper California on September 28th, meaning that they had been traveling for about three months at this point. That's how long it took them to get up the peninsula. Now, on that day, they discovered a sheltered port that is what we know as San Diego Bay today. They named it San Miguel after the largest ship in their fleet, and this actually became an established practice with the next discoveries being named after the two smaller boats. Now, they were really eager to explore this natural port. Uh, they sent a party of men to shore to explore and look for natives. They did, in fact, find a group of natives, most of whom fled when they saw the Spaniards. Uh, three remained um, and accepted gifts, but later returned with weapons and wounded three of the Spaniards. The next day, they sailed uh, one of their boats further in the bay, looked for more natives and to measure the depth of water to see if it was a good port. They captured two native children and had a difficult time communicating, so they ended up giving the kids clothes and other gifts and dropped them off back at land, on land. This was viewed as a positive gesture by the native people, and so they resumed communication with the Spaniards after this. They told the explorers stories about bearded men like them further inland that attacked people from their tribe, and many speculate that the bearded men they referred to were some of Cortez's men who had um, ventured further north uh, inland. Now they continued sailing north from there on October 3rd. They noticed a lot of habitable landscape and smoke as they sailed north, indicating that there were likely many tribes living in this area. This ultimately caused them to veer west, um, and then they bumped right into Catalina Island. They named the island after the second largest ship on the voyage, San Salvador, and soon after discovered that the island uh, the island that they named Victoria after the third ship, which is now known as San Clemente, and is the most southern of the Channel Islands. Now, speaking of the Channel Islands, they're some of the most beautiful places to visit in Southern California. 
Uh, there are ferries that will take you to the islands and a great museum in Oxnard. Well worth a visit. Back to the story. They tried to go ashore on Catalina Island, but were met by a contingent of armed native people. The natives encouraged them to come ashore, and when the Spaniards were hesitant, they rowed out in canoes to visit and offer gifts. The Spanish didn't stay long as they were eager to continue up the coast. The next stop was the Bay of San Pedro. They called the Bay Bayo de las Fuegos because of the amazing amount of smoke that was coming from the fires of the Chaparral. And if you're not from California, you may not have heard that word before. What it refers to is the landscape uh, that native Californians are all too familiar with. It basically consists of thorny bushes and shrubs. Um, It carpets much of uh, the landscape of Southern California and parts of Central California. It is a part of the kind of Mediterranean-style landscape of California. So, back to the story. They continued up the coast to present-day Santa Monica Bay, where they stayed one night. The next day, they sailed up the coast some 20 miles, noticing the presence of native structures along the coast and the presence of canoes along the coast. Cabrillo's men continued to have positive interactions with native people, and he continued to sail north, running between the islands, the Channel Islands, and the coastline, uh, which is where they get their name, Channel Islands. At some point, they put down an anchor in Carpinteria. Not only was the land aesthetically pleasing to them, but the people showed an extra degree of generosity with the Spaniards, trading fresh fish for Spanish goods. Afterward, they continued up the coast and anchored near Goleta Point. Uh, They often named the places they encountered after things the native people gave them. For example, one place where the native gave them many sardines, they named it Los Pueblos de Sardinas. Uh, In places where there's an abundance of canoes, they named it Pueblo de las Canoes. (laughs) Aside from naming places after practical things, they also named places after saints, biblical figures, and important Spanish people. Now, they continued to sail north along the coast, but then ran into some trouble getting around uh, Point Conception uh, due to some winds from the north. So then they decided to sail the Channel Islands and wait out the winds and hopefully continue their course afterward. Um, They stopped at the island of San Miguel, which they referred to as the Possession. Uh, Rodriguez's men thoroughly explored and mapped this island so much that Future explorers would recognize the island immediately from their descriptions and drawings, which is amazing. At a certain point, the winds changed and were again favorable, and they were able to get around the cape. The winds, however, would continuously push them close to the rocks along the shore, making the voyage increasingly dangerous. The danger ultimately pushed them back to the Channel Islands for a few more days, and then to a place known as Pueblos de Sardinas. The natives at Sardina uh, continued their generous patterns. The Spaniards appeared to have a great time with these people and many other tribes they met along the coast. The natives bravely to, uh, it was brave to aboard a ship of an unknown people coming to visit you. Um, And there are many records that actually say that the Spaniards partied with the natives, that they um, fraternized and it was a situation in which both parties were vulnerable and um, shows a degree of generosity of both groups. The ships continued to sail north in spite of the storms and the danger of rocks. They were looking ultimately for a large river that was described by a group of natives. 
The wind must have been extremely powerful because it drove them as far north as Point Reyes and continued up into the Russian River above that. Somehow, on this journey, they did miss the entrance to San Francisco Bay, which, having driven across the Golden Gate Bridge many times, is astounding how you would miss that. Uh, Perhaps they were too far out to sea or something, but it was still, in my mind, unbelievable. Sailing south, they reached Monterey Bay, which they had missed on their journey north. Apparently, at this point, the mountainous coastline was actually, in Monterey, covered by snow, which led the Spaniards to refer to the mountains as the Sierra Nevadas, or Snowy Mountains. Now, obviously, the climate has changed considerably in California um, since then. Um, We still have occasional snow, but it does raise some questions um, about the accuracies of the dates because um, they claim to have reached Monterey Bay and seen these snowy mountains in mid-November. Afterwards, they returned to San Miguel Island uh, because the lead ship in the Armada was leaking badly. They brought the boat ashore and began to recock it, and at some point over the winter, likely on Catalina Island, a group of natives uh, grew hostile with the Spaniards and began assaults. At one point, a group of Spaniards were attacked, and Cabrillo declared that they would not leave the men behind. Um, Insisting to rescue them himself, he actually jumped out of the boat, hit a rock, and likely broke his shin and or more. The wound ultimately got infected and was not able to be treated given the state of the medicine back then. Uh, Cabrillo died on January 3rd, 1543. He gave his um, command over to Bartolome Ferre. The journey would not last much longer. Storm after storm battered the ships, and after reuniting on Santa Cruz with the other ships that they had been separated from, and assessing the dead and lingering amount of supplies, they decided it was time to sail back to Guatemala. Returning after nearly nine months, the government officials were displeased with the failure because they had expected uh, the expedition to find routes to China, locate a large river, or the Spice Islands. And the Spice Islands are uh, the Philippines, which the Spanish had already colonized. And many believed that um, they were much closer to the west coast of North America than they turned out to be. So, disappointed with these results, uh, Viceroy Mendoza sent the men back out on the sea um, to go to Peru with horses and goods to sell to the inhabitants there. Unfortunately, none of the ships returned, um, likely lost in storms or other events. And that is the way the story ends. Now, some might call this voyage a failure, Mendoza, for example, and others might see this as a fairly nonviolent expedition to explore parts of an unknown world. I prefer to view this with a somewhat neutral lens. The expedition was impressive, we must say, in its scope. Beginning in Baja and making it all the way to the Russian River is an achievement in grit and navigation. Um, And ultimately, this would begin a process um, of California uh, being slowly discovered, conquered, and trading hands uh, between different European powers. And Um, it's a dark story at points but it's a fascinating story and it's one that we all should know so next time we will take a little break from the Spanish 
um, and look at Sir Francis Drake's brief sojourn in California. Um, and then we'll return back to our protagonists, our main protagonists for the foreseeable future, uh, the Spanish. And that's where our story will continue. So long. Thank you.